Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Every valley shall be exalted. Every valley shall be exalted. And what is it? The rough places made plain? Yes, that's the thing that, that's the one that really struck with me, the rough places made plain. Because, of course, you know, it's from the Messiah, so we're talking about the birth of, of, of Jesus, and in the traditional uh, Christian theology, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about that today. But what really struck me in thinking about the rough places made plain is that it is, it's kind of like that song that I sing sometimes, um, uh, the, the river song. Rolling river God, talking about the nature of the divine, when we understand the divine, and the divine is our nature. It's not the God out, it's not God out there. It's, and frankly, it's not Jesus, because what Jesus was teaching is that it is the divinity within that makes the rough places plain, when we truly understand that. And so, I had an experience this past uh, month and a half where I needed some work on making those rough places plain. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But today, like I said, does begin, it's the first Sunday of Advent in the, in, the, in the Christian faith. And Advent is basically, you know, the period of expectation. Something's going to happen, right? Well, what's going to happen? The birth of Jesus. That's what, we're all, it's what it's all leading up to, a period of waiting, awaiting the arrival of something magnificent. And... And it begins with the construct and the concept of hope. Hope and faith are the themes for this first Sunday of Advent. Hope and faith. And I have a real challenging relationship sometimes with hope and faith. But I'm going to start off with this from Charles Fillmore, who wrote this about hope in The Revealing Word. Hope is expectation of good in the future. Faith is the certain knowledge that good is ours right now. It goes beyond time and space. So if you're looking for a way to differentiate between hope and faith, there you have it. Hope is expectation of good in the future. And you know what I always say? As long as we keep putting our good in the future, it's going to stay in the future. It's going to stay in the future. And so really what I want today to be about, because so here's, here's, here's the reconciliation. Unity, which does have its roots in, in, Christian, uh, in Christian interpretation, took what is traditionally the first Sunday of Advent, which is just hope. And they said, we need to move beyond hope and move it into faith. So they put it out there in the world and say, it's hope and faith. Because faith is about right now, right now, knowing that good is ours right in this moment. And so I tend to lean more into faith. In my tradition before becoming a unity minister, in the, in the sister organization, in the sister philosophy, or the sibling philosophy, I guess I don't need it to be gendered, in the sibling philosophy of unity, religious science, which was founded by Ernest Holmes, Ernest Holmes had this to offer about hope. Hope is good. It's better than despair. but it is a subtle illusion and is an unconscious compromise. I love that. Like, yeah! 
You can clap if you want. I mean, you know. <laughs> hope is good. It's better than despair. And here's the thing. If you're in the place of hope and that's where you are right now, that's okay. Because it is better than despair. But it is a subtle illusion because what it is saying is that there's a possibility for failure. There's a possibility. I hope it's going to work out. Oh, but what if it doesn't? Oh, gosh. And that's the challenge of faith. That's the challenge of faith, is that it is inviting us to move past that unconscious compromise and move into trusting. It is an invitation to trust the unknown. That's scary. It can be really scary to say, I'm putting my entire faith in this moment now. Because in Hebrews 11.1, we're offered this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. To say, I live in the conviction that even though I don't see it, I have faith, I trust, I know. And it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to allow myself to uh, be unfolded and uncovered in this manner. And so that's what this month is all about, this month of illumination. It's about shining our light and knowing that as we shine our own light, we are illuminating the darkness. We are illuminating that which is unknown, and we are bringing our own illumination into that and allowing. And here's the thing about faith. Whether we know it or not, we all have faith, every single one of us. What is your faith in? I want to tell you a little bit about where my faith was. <laughs> they laugh when I take my glasses off now. So you all know when I returned from Hawaii, um, I told the story about how my mentor in ministry, the man who taught me the lessons and taught me to be a minister, um, had been there with me. We were there for a sacred journey together, and he had his uh, heart experience. He had a heart attack while we were there on the island of Kauai. I told you all this. And I'm not going to retell the whole story. And I probably hinted around a little bit about what that did for me. Because um, I talked a lot about his experience, but I was, I, was, I was in the midst of it, and I had a hard time reconciling my own life with this experience that my mentor had had, because frankly, <laughs> you know, when you've got a mentor and a protege, uh, a lot of times I see myself in him, and, and I look at him and I think, is that a possibility for me? And so I started having anxiety attacks. I started having anxiety attacks. And you know, the, uh, the experience of anxiety the symptoms of that experience are not unlike having a heart attack. And here's the problem with anxiety. It compounds when you're in anxiety. If you have anxiety, you're like, oh my gosh, something's going on. And then you're like, and now I'm freaked out about it. And so it makes it worse, which then makes me freaked out even more, which makes it worse. And so I had a period of time where I was going through and this lasted for a few weeks where I kept saying, no, it's, it's just anxiety. I, I know, and, I can, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray my way out of this, and it's all going to be good. 
Oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. (laughs) So the reason I bring this up is to say this, where was my faith? Where was my faith in this experience? And it took me a while to find the other side. And I will get to that part of it. But faith works on different levels. Faith works on different levels. I want to talk about unconscious faith. And we're all walking around with unconscious faith. Every single one of us is walking around with unconscious faith. You know what that is? It's the things you don't question. It is the things you don't question. You just take them for granted. They are below the level of awareness. They are rooted in some core belief, in some premise that could be instinctual. I was having an instinctual response in that moment rooted in this erroneous idea that I might be having a heart attack. It was an instinctual response that went into fear. I was having this fear-based experience, and it was like, oh, you know, then, then I get frozen. Fight or flight, I don't know. Here I am in the middle, I don't know. That's unconscious faith. That was the experience of unconscious faith because I didn't know, and I didn't know what I didn't know, and that's a scary place to be sometimes. Unconscious faith shapes our behavior. It shapes our behavior. So what I was experiencing as symptomatically, it all started off with just shortness of breath. I would go through an entire day not being able to catch my breath. And it made me crazy. In fact, at the rehearsal for um, a Broadway Christmas, that was the first day. It was the first Monday after I'd come back. I'm looking over here because they were at that rehearsal. Um, It was the day that I had come back, the first Monday back after being in Hawaii, And that whole day leading up to that rehearsal, I was in a bit of a panic attack. And I thought to myself, well, if this has not resolved itself by the time this rehearsal is over, I'm going to the hospital. And that's a testament to the power of creativity because I made a decision. I decided I was going to be fine through the practice of singing and creativity. And at the end of that rehearsal, I was like, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. And so I went home all is well. But unconscious faith shapes our behavior. So I was having this breathlessness, this experience, and, and it also, here's the, other thing about, here's the other thing about unconscious faith, is that it can manifest as cognitive bias. It can manifest as cognitive bias, which, is a dis, which ultimately can lead to a distrust of others. And it's something that I have been looking at a lot myself as well. Um, The Unity Southwest Region Conference, uh, which was held right at the end of October, the primary topic of consideration for that conference was bias. And we'd had lots of workshops and discussions around bias, and it was an invitation to us all to really look at where is our faith? In what, in what way do I think I have risen above it all and I am a loving, kind, compassionate human being, except for that person, but I'm a loving, kind, compassionate human being. Oh, except for that person that I see in the news because that person can't be trusted. There's, there, there's faith in that, whether I know it or not. So our work within the New Thought Movement and in unity centers and in religious science centers and in divine science centers and whatever path and new thought you may be on, our work is really rooted in one idea, activating awareness, awakening faith. 
As we activate awareness, as we open up in awareness, what we find is that which is lurking below the level of awareness. We bring to mind that unconscious faith, and then we get to do something about it. That's what I love about this philosophy. A lot of people don't like it because this philosophy is inviting you into the good work, which can be a joyful experience if you decide for it to be a joyful experience. Many people decide to let it be hardship. I don't let it be hardship. I choose to be in the good work and enjoy it. So there are levels of unconscious faith. Levels of unconscious faith start with, well, that step below hope, despair. That's an unconscious faith, distress, anguish, completely devoid of hope. There is a faith attribute in that. I don't think any of us want to live there. Do you want to live there? I don't want to live in despair. Absolutely not. So we up-level ourselves in faith, and we go to that space, that place, that invitation into hope. And you know, I I use hope as uh, an acronym, having only positive expectations. That's what hope is to me. But it's still putting it out in the future. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, that light is over there. And gosh darn it, I'm going to get there someday. Still rooted in that future good. And so we're invited to up-level and up-level and up-level. Part of that unconscious faith also, oh, here's a good one, blind faith. Blind faith. Many have blind faith by believing the ministers they listen to. That's why it is of utmost importance that every single Sunday I utter those words, you may not believe everything I hear today, and that's okay. Because what I am interested in is encouraging thinking, encouraging exploration, encouraging this path. And I can't tell you how to do it. I should not be here telling you what to think. That's up to you. You get to decide what you believe. And if your beliefs are working for you, awesome. Come on up here. (laughs) Share the stage with me. But if they're not working for you, be willing to go on the journey. Be willing to go on the exploration. Because you know what? I still find beliefs that don't work for me. And I do it publicly. So blind faith. Many come to a spiritual path through blind faith. Oh, look at what that minister said. Yes. And here's the thing. Each one can build upon the other. So in the depth of despair, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. That's the depth of despair. Okay, no hope. I have a a space of hope that it's all going to be okay down the road. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to... See how that's not getting me to the place of actually it being okay? And I remember, oh yes, I'm a unity minister. I should know better. There's my blind faith. (laughs) In New Thought traditions, what we're really striving for is this, conscious faith letting go of the unconscious, letting go of that which is below the level of awareness and stepping into conscious faith. We may make our way through those other levels. Despair through practice grows into hope. Hope grows into blind faith. Blind faith grows into understanding faith. That is conscious faith. Understanding, knowing without a doubt. Consciously, actively. Knowing that 
as in the Fantastics. If you know that musical, you plant a radish, you get a radish. Never any doubt. What are we planting? What seeds are we planting? And do we have faith that those are the seeds, those are actually the seeds that we're planting, and that what will blossom is what it is we require and desire in our lives? We get to activate that place of faith. Understanding faith is conscious faith rooted in the acceptance of our divinity. So here's the thing about that blind faith when I said, oh, I feel like I might be having a heart attack. <gasps> oh, okay, I don't know. Oh, but I have blind faith. I know that my expression is an expression of God, and okay, that's what I am. That's, I'm an expression of but still somehow slightly separate from. No, what got me on the other side of it ultimately was my acceptance of my own divine identity, to know the truth of my being. That's why in the mission statement, for me, the most important part of that mission statement is remember who you are. Love only, forgive everything. Those come naturally when you remember who you are. And I want to let you all off the hook in this way. If you find that there is challenge in getting there, don't beat yourself up. Because here's where the challenge existed in the manner in which I arrived at this place of understanding conscious faith that I needed to. I decided about a week and a half ago, was it a week and a half ago? I decided to go to the ER. I was having another panic attack. This particular morning, I woke up, and I did a, I, I did a thing that my mentor did, and the, a cardiologist would, would you know, tell me, don't do that ever again. But I woke up. I was having my shortness of breath, but this time it was coupled with discomfort in my left shoulder. And so, of course, I thought, well, now I'm definitely having a heart attack. I go to the ER. <laughs> they laughed at me a little bit. <laughs> Because I walk up to the window, and they, they said, so why are you here? And I said, well, I'm, here to have, I'm either having an anxiety attack or a heart attack, and I'm here to figure out which one it is. <laughs> they laughed at that, but then they immediately rushed me right back into the... Because if you say heart attack, you are, you are in so fast. I go in, they do the test, they do an EKG, they, you know, they draw the blood, and they do the tests of the blood and all of that. And they kept coming back and saying, everything looks fine, everything's normal, your you know, complete normal sinus rhythm in your EKG, your troponin levels are like n nothing. That's, these are all things that they look at, the indicators, right, as to whether or not you're having a heart attack. And so after an entire afternoon at the ER, I walked, to, I walked away thinking, well, it took me a trip to the ER to put myself into this place of faith, but now I know that all is well and I'm not going to question it ever again. And it's okay that that's the path I took. A lot of people might feel shame for having gone to the ER. And I think in these spiritual circles sometimes, we shame people, un unknowingly, we shame people for the path that they take to get to where they need to get. And I invite us to stop doing that because we're all on our own path. We are all on our own path of uncovering faith. So we needn't beat ourselves up in any way because that trip to the ER helped my path to understanding faith. Faith based ultimately on principle, the inherent I am that I am. That's what I root my faith in. And it just took a reminder and a significant amount of money spent 
Thank goodness I have good insurance. So this is where I choose to begin the Advent journey, is deepening and inviting us all into a greater awareness of faith, conscious faith, that that's, that's the journey we have decided to be on as a community. Conscious faith, faith in the unseen, rooted, yes, in expectation, but expectation of wholeness, which is our birthright, expectation of harmony, which is our birthright, expectation of love, which is our birthright. And here's, all, here's the ultimate final word I have on faith. Faith is sitting in the discomfort of the unknown and choosing love. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So if you're new to our community, I offer homework every week because my desire is that a spiritual path be practical. So these are my offerings to make the spiritual path practical to you if you choose to accept this. Um, this is the homework. Write out a description of your perfect day. I want you to take time the next 24 hours to write out a description of your perfect day. And I want you to write out that description every single day. It may shift. It may change. That's all okay. And in order to find your way to demonstrating that perfect day, I want you to answer these three questions. What are three things I want to continue? What are three things I want to release? And what are three things I want to create? What are three things I want to continue? What are three things I want to release? And what are three things I want to create? If you didn't get that all written down, it does come out in our Monday email. So uh, you, if you have access to the email or if you've signed up for our email list, it will be there for you. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.